Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we are super excited to have Stephanie, who's going to tell us about what it's like to switch specialties. So you've already started residency, you found out you may not like it so much and you want to switch. So what did we do? Thanks, Stephanie. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So please tell us about your current specialty and then what led you to reapply to a totally different specialty in the match? Yes. So this is a great question. So I will start by saying I graduated from medical school in 2018 and I initially matched into OBGYN. I've been pretty conflicted as a fourth year med student between OBGYN and pediatrics partially because I'm couples matching or I had couples matched, I decided just to, to apply to OBGYN. Um, and then a couple months into my OBGYN intern year, I thought that I maybe made the wrong decision and decided to switch to pediatrics. And I am now a third year pediatrics resident and have actually, over the course of these three years, realized that OBGYN was the right choice in the first place. So now I have successfully matched back into an OBGYN program. So I've done, I've done the switch more than once. So I'm, I'm sort of an expert, I guess. I'm just kidding. Well, it is so helpful to know that if you really aren't enjoying what you're doing, you can figure out a way to switch. But some people might be a little bit overwhelmed about the process of just reapplying to residency, creating those personal statements, getting those letters of recommendation, just even filling out the ERAS again, just really stresses people out. So for applicants that are interested in reapplying to a different specialty, can you go through the steps that are needed in order to reapply? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's helpful, in all honesty, my two different matches were vastly different in how I reapplied. So the first time when I switched from OBGYN to pediatrics, I stayed within my institution. And I'm certainly, I'm not the only one that has done that. I know a a handful of people that have switched after their intern year and were able to stay at their institution. When that was the plan, my program director in OB was actually able to talk to the program director in pediatrics within our institution. And I was given reassurance that I didn't need to apply anywhere else and submitted, I gave them a PDF of my ERAS application from the year prior. Um, I met with my, the program directors and the chief residents um, and did the NRMP portion of the match, but didn't have to do the full application cycle. And I think that's a pretty common experience for people that stay within their institution. The second time I matched partially for personal reasons and geographic reasons, I decided to reapply completely so I could end up a little bit closer to home. Um, And so for the second cycle, it was just like doing it all over again, like I had as a fourth year medical student. So I did ERAS and I got letters and all of that and and did interviews. Well, it's great to know about the differences and how those experiences were when you applied the first time and switched and then when you were switching again this last time. So what sort of response did you initially receive from your OBGYN program when you first decided to switch into pediatrics? And then ultimately now when you are interested in going back to OBGYN, what was the response from pediatrics? (laughs) That's such a great question. I will just say globally, I have been so overwhelmed by the supportiveness I've received from both programs that I've worked with. So when I first switched from OB to pediatrics, I had tremendous support. And I would say maybe just as a global recommendation or tip for anybody that's not sure that they're in the right specialty, the best advice I could give you is just work hard and do the best that you can in whatever you're doing in that moment. Because I think that definitely translated to a lot of support on both sides. I think the first time when I switched from OB to pediatrics, people weren't 
particularly surprised. I'd done a lot of pediatric activities as a medical student, and so that sort of aligned with my application. It was definitely a harder sell the second time around, but I think that was part of why I saw pediatrics through to the end, is I wanted to be sure that there was nothing within the field of pediatrics that I felt as passionately about as I did OBGYN. But I still, again, I continued to work hard all through my pediatrics residency and have been overwhelmed by the support I received from my, my pediatrics program. It's so wonderful to hear the about the support that you received and to learn that programs are really interested in being able to foster what your interests are. And so that leads me into the fact that you need letters of recommendation in order to go through the ERAS process again. So how did you receive those letters of recommendation from people in OBGYN while you were going through this pediatric residency program? That's a great question. So obviously my story is a little atypical because I had done that intern year in OBGYN. And so I actually just got letters from my program director, from attendings that I'd worked with. Um, and I did use a couple letters from my pediatrics residency program, my program director or one of my program directors and a faculty member that I'd worked with. So I had letters from both fields. I have talked to someone that did a full pediatrics residency and then switched to general surgery without having done a year in general surgery first. And she actually went back to her medical school attendings and got letters of reference from them. And I believe also use letters from her pediatrics residency as well. So I think those are valuable letters because the, the people that you're working with at present see you as a clinician, which is its own skill set, you know, separate from being a medical student. And so I think there's value even in a different specialty to having letters of recommendation that can attest to your abilities as a resident. So that was why I decided to use both. That's so true. Being able to showcase what you are currently doing, because that is your job and how you are doing at that job is incredibly important because I'm sure you do have mentors and supporters and advocates for you in the Department of Pediatrics. Yeah, definitely. I've had, it's been a tremendous um, period and time of learning for sure. I've gotten a lot of support for my interest in medical education and have been able to have some leadership opportunities and do some research in medical education. So certainly far from wasted. And thankfully, my two fields have a lot of overlap clinically. So, you know, MFM or REI or pediatric gynecology, there's so much overlap between the two fields that I think the cross training is going to be valuable for sure. And that's a question I really am just so curious about. Are you planning on utilizing the skills that you have learned in pediatrics to be able to work in the field of OBGYN, whether that be through pediatrics or through neonatal medicine in regards to what your future might look like in the specialty? Yeah, definitely. I want to give myself just sort of space to restart and enjoy operating and delivering babies and all the things that I came to love by the end of my intern year in OB that I've missed so much throughout my pediatrics residency. So I hate to commit to anything too soon. But again, I just think there's so much overlap, which has been so valuable. And it's gone both ways, I think. And my OB training was incredibly helpful in the NICU when I have been, you know, during my pediatrics residency. And so I can say for sure, if only from a clinical perspective, knowing how to manage, you know, moms who come in and DKA, I've taken care of tons of DKA patients in the PICU or knowing about genetics or anticipatory guidance for moms who are in preterm labor, there's lots of overlap. So I can't say for sure how I'll use it, but I can tell you that, that it'll definitely have a lot of value. And let's talk about something that's not as fun as the clinical realm of medicine, but something that a lot of people have questions about, which is about the funding for residency programs. So I'm wondering if there were any issues in actually receiving residency federal funding in order to support starting your new residency program. Because if people are not aware, when they do graduate medical school, they are allotted a certain number of years of funding typically in order for them to complete that specific residency in that one specialty. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And that was something that was part of why I set up this other person that I, I actually found on Twitter, um, who had completed her own pediatrics residency and then did a full general surgery residency. And she explained this concept to me. And I, I also looked it up and found similar information, information on the ACGME's website. My basic understanding of how residency funding works is that just like you said, Simone, once you graduate from medical school, whatever specialty you match into, you are allotted that many years of 1.0 FTEs or full-time equivalents. So for me, if when I matched into OB, I got four years. My husband, who's an orthopedics resident, would have gotten five. If I had matched into peds the first time, it would have been three. So however long it takes to complete a primary training program, not including fellowships, is how many years you're allotted. Very strange. I don't know who came up with this system. It's kind of interesting, but I learned a lot about funding through this process, um, mostly because I wanted to be prepared if this question did come up. Thankfully, it actually didn't come up at all. And that was the experience that my my friend had as well. I think partially because one, I will say, so after those, however many years you get, that's a lot of 1.0 FTEs, you do get 0.5 FTEs for every year after that. So if you decide to complete three or four fellowships every single year beyond that, you still just get 0.5 FTEs. And so you are still getting some funding from the government. And even those 1.0 FTEs, that amount alone does not cover resident salaries. So my understanding is that hospitals subsidize resident and salaries for the cost of living in a certain area or just based on their PGY year. And the other piece of advice that my friend did give was just that residents are relatively cheap labor for how much work we give to hospitals. Um, we're cheaper than an NP or a PA. So all that to say, it never came up in my interviews. That's not to say I, I have no idea what program directors were talking about behind closed doors. And so maybe it did come up at places that didn't offer me an interview the second time around. But I, I will just say that that, at least in my interview process, was never an issue. That is so great to learn because it really showcases that people should not limit themselves to applying to a new specialty if they are worried about the funding element. And they should talk to people that have been through the experience like you to recognize that you may never be asked about it. So it may not be something to even worry about along this long and stressful journey when there's lots of other things to stress about. Definitely. I think the most important thing is just a tremendous amount of self-reflection and giving yourself space and time to figure out who you are as a professional. I think that was something that I underestimated is how much professional identity development I would undergo during that first year of OBGYN residency. And I'm so glad that I finished that intern year because I think that was a year of so much growth and identity formation that has continued, obviously, to shape me in that and it's such a core way that it's led me back to the same field. So I would just say, it sounds cheesy, but follow your heart and do a lot of self-reflection <laughs> and, and continue to pursue what you're passionate about. It'll be best for you and best for your patients, for sure. So speaking about following your heart, I'm sure that came across during your interviews when you were asked questions about why you wanted to switch fields. And I'm curious if you could give us some examples of some of the questions that you may have been asked from interviewers who may have never met somebody who was agreeable to start a whole new residency program right over again. Yeah, it's so true. I feel like my questions were um, pretty varied, but all sort of along the line of tell me your story. And often that took the majority of the interviews. So I will say there, <laughs> there honestly weren't too many questions beyond that, aside from questions similar to what we were just talking about of how maybe you see how I saw my training in pediatrics translating into OBGYN. I think that 
the the tell me your story piece is a valuable time again if you're switching specialties to really showcase the personal aspects of it i think there's space to be vulnerable and say what you were struggling with and also space to be honest and highlight the strengths of your cross training because i don't always think people that's not always intuitive how cross training may be valuable but i think overall people were curious and supportive and obviously these are programs that had offered me interviews so were intrigued by my story and i think people were mostly receptive i think it was a spectrum though there were some people that i think thought i was a little bit crazy <laughs> and so some people that that took more convincing but a lot of people again on the interview trail just like with my programs I think I received a, a lot more support than I anticipated which was great some people must have wondered why you wanted to go back to do more 80 hour work weeks <laughs> yes they, that was the part of she might be crazy <laughs> Well, there are so many components to not only just applying to residency with couples matching and then switching specialties twice. You have provided us so many tips in order to consider when going through this process. Is there anything else that you would like to offer about the application or the residency interview process for somebody who is interested in switching specialties? I would reiterate the point I made earlier just about whatever you are doing, even if it's not something you're super excited about or super passionate about in the moment, if you work hard and do the best you can, if you take good care of your patients, if you try your best to be passionate about the work, I think that will translate into support for whatever your decision may be for the long term. So I think that's something that I really reaped the benefits of and feeling so much support both from OB and pediatrics, despite my path being really circuitous. The other piece I would say is give yourself some time. I wish I had given myself that full year in OB before making a, a decision. And looking back, I had decided probably in August or September of my intern year in OB, I thought I had made the wrong decision. And I think part of that came from operating felt difficult and stressful and overwhelming. And I wasn't sure that I was an OBGYN, that sort of like gut feeling of what I was talking about before of professional identity that I think takes a little bit of time and a lot of hours and hard work and experience to develop. And I'm so grateful that I finished my year in OBGYN because again, I think I really had developed this professional identity. Towards the end of it, I was starting to see it and I'm excited to go back and you know dive in completely to a full residency and, and really feel like that professional identity has been developed by the end of the four years. But I wish in retrospect, if I could go back, I would say have a bit more of growth mindset, um, give yourself some space and time and I think you can grow into a field. That being said, I do know a lot of people that have switched after intern year and are very happy with their decision. So there's no right or wrong path and it just, again, takes a lot of personal self-reflection of your values, what makes you passionate, what gives you joy, what makes you feel satisfied. And no one can answer that but you. That's another piece of advice I guess I have is I talked to a lot of people. Uh, I did a lot of polling to try to get people's opinions about what they thought I should do. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you think you should do and what you're most passionate about. Well, that's a fantastic piece of advice. Take that time. And as you described so quickly after the start of intern year, do you have to make that decision about applying to a different specialty? And so sometimes taking time to think about that, discussing these hard questions with your program director may feel uncomfortable, but is also important so that you're able to think through what might be best for you, your partner, your family, and the situation that you might be in. Totally. And that is one piece of advice that I would also add, Simone, you bring up a good point about, I think there was the professional piece of, I just wasn't sure OB was the right field for me, but there was also the personal piece of, I'm married to an orthopedic surgeon and I'm in a surgical field. What is this going to look like to have two surgical parents in a family that I hope to have someday? And I think that was a concern sort of in the back of my mind that I wasn't particularly open about. And I wish I had been more open about it because I think I've received a lot of reassurance along the way from my OBGYN attendings that it is something that's more feasible than maybe it used to be and how to work on a healthy partnership so that both my husband and I can have fulfilling careers. So I wish I'd, I'd been more open with those concerns because I think they could have been maybe not completely allayed, but at least addressed in a way that I would have found meaningful. 
That's such a great point about how specialties are changing over time. Medicine is so different than it may have been 50 years ago. So you have shared so many great facts about ways that we can go about switching specialties. But now we want to hear a fun fact about yourself. So can you share a fun fact that's totally unrelated to the field of medicine? <laughs> yes, I guess my my fun fact that I shared on my interview day at the program that I ultimately matched at, which I'm super excited about, but I shared about my cat and his heart failure, as well as his, um, he has herpes virus, which I guess in cats is chronic causes chronic nasal congestion. And we're now doing this extended workup. And so apparently that was very charming to the program that I interviewed at because I shared all of his medical ailments. So I am the proud parent, cat parent of two COVID cats and one of them is healthier than the other. Well, that's all the time we have today with Stephanie. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McCloyd for the music and be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another awesome resident or leader in medical education.